0: Hello and welcome to the Bulletin and Beyond. My name's Kimberly Price, and today on the show, Jackson Graham and Sean Hardiman talk us through all the latest headlines from around the southwest. Jackson, this week we mark the 100 days since the state government announced the state of emergency for Victoria. Um, so it's been 100 days of reporting on the coronavirus pretty heavily. In that time, what have been some of the stories that have really stood out for yourself?
1: Has it only been 100 days, Kim? It feels like it's been a lifetime, really. <laughs> Um For me, it's been uh, probably, well, it pro- I think for me it started in January uh, when the rock lobster fishing industry was hit with ca- having their catch in uh refrigerators and not being able to export that to China because their coronavirus was hitting over there quite hard. It yeah. meant that a lot of rock lobster fishes were pulling uh, their pods, pods out of the out of the ocean, just pretty much packing up shop and, and um, heading off for the season. Um, so I think it sort of started there, where we sort of saw the first economic hit uh, for the coronavirus in the southwest. Um, mm. Alongside that, tourism businesses along the Great Ocean Road were also voicing concerns about lowering Chinese uh, tourism numbers. Of course, then by early March, businesses like Warnables, Capital Cinemas uh, were starting to see barely any moviegoers coming uh, to screenings. Uh, this was also during the time when large public gatherings were were being cancelled or all of those community events that we saw pretty much uh, rescheduled or canned for this year overnight. Um, and then by mid-March, obviously, the state and federal government were announcing tough restrictions that saw businesses pretty much clearing tables and chairs from the inside, uh, trying to make way for capping of numbers um, and then ultimately moving towards takeaway models or, or adapting to online sales when they couldn't have any uh, patronage pretty much within within their businesses. The other significant thing was, obviously during that period in March, the professional workforce was going home, educators were, were still at work until very late March, um, when the state government finally made a call that schools uh, would, well later in the holidays, would go online in term two. Mm. Um, when that happened, it meant students uh, learned from home for about eight weeks, um, teachers uh, really have praised the ability of the school community to pivot in such a short time. Um, But students, and particularly families, had very mixed reviews uh, about how learning from home went. When all students did finally go back to school in June, for most students, um, they'd been apart 11 weeks at that time because that also included the school holidays. So it was a long period that for some probably felt much like the summer holidays, really. Mm. It was just that long because they'd been apart and hadn't really seen each other for so long. Um, um, So I think that goes to another point, Kim, which is that winding restrictions back, has in some ways been tougher than introducing them. Um, and uh, in regional Victoria, particularly in the southwest, uh, we've sort of been fortunate enough to have. No coronavirus cases for a couple of months, um, but now there's more or less a debate about whether restrictions should ease for us and uh, and not for Melbourne. Yeah, um, definitely. But We might come back to that, Kim. I'll let you tell me a little bit about uh, <laughs> some of the reporting, some of the reporting that you've done over the last over the last little while. Now we've reached 100
0: days. So I guess my focus um, over the past 100 days has been on um, tourism, and you know, like you talked about, the tourism industry has been hit. Um, massively by the coronavirus you know they've basically been at a standstill except for some essential workers staying um where needed so now we are seeing some people come back um to these tourism providers uh the accommodation providers in particular over the long weekend saw a big boost in numbers but um you know it's obviously not enough to sustain um great profit so it will be a long road back for a lot of these these um, accommodation providers and tourism hotspots and most notably you know even though we haven't had a case for um, a number of months our first case was recorded on march 20 so um, that was in hamilton and then by march 22 we had the first case in Warrnambool so We sort of saw our case numbers really climb in that first sort of couple of weeks of the coronavirus. But as you said, we haven't had them for around two to three months now. So that is where the debate about whether restrictions should be lowered uh, in regional areas is coming from. You know, as we're approaching the school holidays, there's a lot of concerns that people are coming to places like Port Campbell to see the Twelve Apostles at the moment. Like it's great for accommodation providers, but is it actually great? On the whole front where we are seeing increased numbers in Melbourne and and other parts of the state and the country. So it is a timely debate and and you've covered it quite closely uh, this past week, Jackson. What's sort of the latest on that?
1: Yeah, um, so Moines Shire Council uh, met for their ordinary uh, June meeting uh, on Tuesday this week Um, and uh, at the meeting uh, the Mayor of the Shire, Daniel Mead, a motion to the council uh, that you would ask for uh, restrictions to ease in, uh, in, in regional Victoria, um, but as long as they remained in place uh, in in Melbourne, And the restrictions he was particularly talking about were those that the Premier had promised would be um, wound back on, on Monday and they, they would have allowed businesses to have up to 50 people, um, would have allowed you to have more people uh, in your house or, or wouldn't have led to you only being able to have five. So he believes that those further measures uh, that were lengthened over the weekend should only exist for Melbourne and, and not for regional Victoria. The motion passed uh, and uh, look, it's a it's a tough issue. Um, I asked uh, Councillor Mead about it uh, later in the week um, and asked him because uh, he really has been very for the rules uh, that the chief health officer has suggested for re- for, for all of Victoria um, he certainly has repeated those to, to residents uh, for much of this year really so I really asked him you know what had changed um, and he believes uh, really that that you know obviously there haven't been many cases out here but there was a real change in sentiment he said in the community um, following Daniel Andrews choosing to uh, to, re- to to delay easing those restrictions um, last weekend, um, so he really saw that as a, as a need to speak up because he said that um, you know businesses were coming to him and they were they were really just hurting uh, a lot.
0: Definitely.
2: Yeah. What do you think? Kim? <laughs>
0: uh, well, well, I just think with the the number of tourists that we'll probably see over the school holiday period, it's probably a good time for the next two weeks to for us to stay um, as we are Um, because it will be be so much harder if we have to go backwards, I think. I think for the next two weeks at least, we definitely need to be listening to our health professionals. To mark the 100 days of the state of emergency, we did conduct a survey um, of our readers, and, you know, 235 people responded to this survey, and we asked them what they thought of the state government's response to the coronavirus and if they'd done a good job, and 80% of uh, the surveyors said that they thought the state government had done a good job. It'll be interesting to see whether those numbers change uh, in a few weeks' time, depending on on what the next steps are taken by, by our governments. Further in our survey, uh, 72% of people said they weren't stood down from work, um, but 16% said their hours were reduced and 12% said that they were stood down. So there's some, it's pretty telling um, what's happened in our employment sector. And probably the most interesting that's to come out of this survey was that it was completely split 50-50 whether people enjoyed working from home or not. Um, And a lot of that came down to whether people were looking after children at home. So it was pretty split down the middle whether lockdown had given people a negative impact on their mental health. So 51% said no, while 49% said yes. And most people citing isolation as the biggest um, factor in affecting their me- mental health negatively. So, you know, these results are really interesting and, and I think it's pretty telling of how our community has sort of seen through the coronavirus pandemic. Let's hope
1: that uh, the next 100 days is far different to the last 100
0: Sean, it's been a massive week in news this week for the football leagues. Can you tell us a little bit about the decisions that they've made?
2: Oh uh, Yeah, so we've had um, three football leagues make decisions this week on on their seasons with the um, WD for and Minunera League um, starting to cancel theirs on Wednesday night, um, citing issues around the coronavirus, um, forcing them to sort of abandon their year. So it's an interesting feeling at the moment, not having... Um, any sort of senior football in terms of the men's um, or netball at this stage. So um, it's a bit of a grey area for, for us and, and for the regions.
0: So will there be any football or netball going ahead this season?
2: All, all leagues, including the, the handle League and, and I think the South West District League, including the, the WD for the Army in an era, have um, confirmed that they want to sort of get a junior league up and going this year because that's an, an important part of, of community footy and obviously um, giving kids a chance to play this year will, will sort of keep them interested for next year and, and keep their their development going and, and sort of keeping those those people at the club. Obviously, it, um, during this time, you could lose, lose people because they lose interest because it's not happening and there's other sports that might be happening and they might choose that. So they're, they're trying to make the, the most of 2020 and get a year in. Um, how that looks at this stage, we don't know. Uh, the District League has, has said that they're doing an eight-week season, but um, how that draw plays out... And, um, how it looks is um, yet to be de- decided.
0: But in brighter news, Sean, there is good news for the women's league. Um, tell me the decision that was made this week.
2: Oh yeah, so on Tuesday night, um, they all voted to to go ahead with a, a junior and senior competition this year, which is a, a massive, massive uh, boost for the for the league. Obviously, it's in a, its third third season for the juniors and the second season for. The women so any momentum they can sort of capitalise on now would be uh, really really good obviously with netball uh, not going ahead and, and basketball not um, back at this stage it gives uh, women a chance to, to have a go at 40 and, and, and see how they go or they, they might um, change sports depending on whether they go to training or, or, or play it's obviously a, uh, one of the fastest growing areas of football in the region and, and across Australia so it's a, probably a good time to to jump on the women's footy bandwagon and um, how those seasons will look at the moment is also unknown. Um, know NAFA Western District are um, uh, currently working on the length of the season and a draw for both junior and senior grades. Um, mm. They're expecting to have a northern and southern conference uh, to sort of reduce travel with the teams um, and it might help players sort of stick around and might even join up this year if they don't have to, to travel so fast.
0: Yeah, definitely. And Sean, do you reckon that we we will see a few people um, jump into new sports now that the you know the the regular football and netball seasons are canned?
2: I feel I feel there will be um, obviously those those players really sort of um, they canned about their sport. Um, they'll probably jump across to different other sports. Cricket cricket was one we sort of talked about earlier that might uh, pick up a few f- footballs, and then um, obviously the women's footy would be another one for um, netballers or basketballers to jump across um, into that one. And it would be interesting to see what sports benefit from um, you not going ahead this year and and, and what sports some of these footballers or netballers will take up.
0: Don't forget to subscribe to The Standard through our website for all our stories and features. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country, the Gunditjmara people, and the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, borders, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. This has been a warnable Standard production.